0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here, to be able to celebrate what God is continuing to do, to be able to revel in the fact that God calls us into community, empowers us, and then sends us into the world so that we can be his hands and his feet, so that we can work together to build God's kingdom, so that we can share God's gospel message, the message of hope of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and and our life in Jesus Christ. My hope is that if you are new here, that you will join in with us. Our desperate desire is for us to know God fully. To, to fall head over heels in love with God and, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, And we want to invite you on that journey with us. Uh, we know we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. So if you are new here, join with us on this journey to grow in relationship with one another and in relationship with God. We've been on a conversation topic, a worship series called Gospel, a deep look at the gospel story, the the life of Jesus Christ, his earthly ministry, the way that he worked in and through his disciples, and ultimately his death and resurrection. We, we talked last week about the Sermon on the Mount, that God initiates this upside-down kingdom lifestyle, living for God and others instead of living for ourselves. And, and this week, we're going to continue uh, the journey toward Jerusalem. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to do that by this calling, the sending of the 72 Um, I I don't know if in in your life you've experienced this, but every once in a while, uh, I get a job where I feel kind of important. I remember when I was in the Navy... Uh, I, I worked uh, as an electronics guy in the United States Navy um, for uh, aircraft, so I was an aviation electronics technician. Uh, AT was my designation. It doesn't even exist anymore. That's how long ago it was. Uh, but the idea was that, that we were the ones that took care of all of the components, the electronic components that were on the air, airplane. Uh, not electricians that ran the wiring and all of that, but all of the boxes were ours, well, when we were on our trip to Belgium, I had been given the, the ability to be in charge of IFF uh, for our helicopters. IFF is identification friend or foe. I had to have top secret security clearance in order to uh, have this role. And I, I felt pretty awesome about myself because, hey, Although I never understood why because like we were on a ship in the middle of the water and there was not a lot of people I could talk to about what we were doing. But regardless, it made me feel important. And what I would do is so I would go to this room called CIC, Command and Control. And when I would go to the room, they would see who I was and let me in because I had top secret security clearance. And I would go in and they would hand me a box. The box was a device that inside had a whole bunch of different pens at different levels. They had uh, numbers and letters associated with them and there was hundreds of pens. And, and the box would then be injected into and pulled back out from uh, an, an IFF device, on each and every aircraft and it had to be done every day because identification friend or foe is what tells the radar operators that the helicopters in the air or the aircraft in the air are our allies or are us and they know who we are because of the identification and so my job was to take that box And then to take it to the flight deck and to inject those numbers and digits through the pens uh, onto the helicopters. And I felt super important. I would, I would walk carrying the magic box of identification uh, down the hallway, and in the Navy, we don't say, move or get out of my way. We would say, make a hole, uh, and I would yell, make a hole, because I'm, you know, I was coming through, and I had the box, and so everybody needs to get out of my way. I'm important. Uh, I felt really important anyway. Uh, anybody truly could have done the job, because all you did was walk, open a door on an aircraft, stick this in, pull it back out, shut the door on the aircraft, and wait for the pilot to give you the thumbs up that IFF was working and go to the next one. But in my mind, I was like, I'm protecting our pilots. I'm keeping them safe so that they are able to be identified as our pilots and so that the aircraft are, are safe for, for our radars to understand who they were. And I, I felt like I was super important in that moment uh, because I was able to be a part of something that was bigger. Than myself, maybe you've had that experience. Maybe not in the Navy, uh, but maybe you've been invited to uh, to be a ring bearer, uh, or a flower girl, or somebody that's holding the the ring for. Uh, somebody about to get married, or maybe you've been invited to be a best man or a bridesmaid or be in the groomsmen or the the, maids of, uh, the, the bridesmaids, or, or you've been invited to be the maid of honor, uh, or, or maybe you've helped with flood cleanup. You've helped when people were in need and, and you were able to go and, and, and be hands and feet uh, of, of, uh, of people that are helping to clear out their houses. Or, or for us here in, in the Ozarks, maybe you've helped people with tornado damage. Maybe you've helped them uh, helped them repair their homes or cut up uh, branches or logs. Whatever it is, we've all at one time or another had a job that we were tasked with that was bigger than ourselves. It was bigger than just us. It wasn't about us. It was about Others, and it was important. Um, And what's interesting to me is that Jesus does the same exact thing with his disciples. He tasks them with a job. While he is still doing mission and ministry, Jesus has called his disciples, not just the 12, but all of them to be a part of the building of his kingdom, not just to walk around and follow him and hear what he is teaching, but also to go and prepare a way for him to prepare towns and villages for his coming so that the message of the kingdom of God will be heard and the people are ready to hear that message. And we're going to look at, at, at that story today in, in the gospels. We're going to see the sending out of the 72. And what's interesting to me uh, is that Jesus, Jesus knows his time on earth is coming to an end. He knows that he doesn't have a whole lot of time uh, left with his disciples because now is the time that he is going to start to shift his focus to going toward Jerusalem. It says this in Luke's gospel in the ninth chapter, verse 51, At the, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus knows that time is short. Jesus knows that there's not a whole lot of time left before he is going to go uh, to Jerusalem to die. And yet, he wants to involve and encourages his disciples to be a part of the kingdom building activity. He doesn't focus on the doom that is coming. He focuses on the kingdom. He's not worried about the, the penalty he is going to have to pay. He's focused on the building of his kingdom and the empowering of his disciples, not just the 12, but all of them. And so he sends them out before him so that every town and village that he is about to go to is ready for his arrival so that they know the kingdom is drawing near. And so we're going to look at this story. It comes from the gospel of Luke just after what we just read in the ninth chapter. Uh, We're going to jump into the 10th chapter, the very beginning of it. It says this, after this, "'The Lord appointed the Lord Jesus, appointed 72 others, and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go.'" I am sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Jesus is saying, Hey, I've got a mission for you guys. Don't, don't dawdle. Get busy. Go. I'm sending you out like lambs among the slaughter. It doesn't sound like a great, encouraging uh, thing, but what Jesus is saying is the world needs so desperately to hear the message that you are going to bring them and that I am going to bring them, that the kingdom of heaven is near. They need to hear it. So don't dawdle. And don't take all this stuff with you. Actually, don't even get prepared. And, and when he sent the 12 out, To do something similar, he gave them additional instructions. He told them, take nothing for the journey no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Don't take anything for the journey. And this flies in opposition. To what we understand. I, when we think about being prepared, it's it's like exactly what we want to be. We wanna be prepared to do new things. We wanna be prepared to, to get underway. And, and and Jesus says, don't be prepared. Don't take anything with you. Don't take any extra sandals. Don't take an extra shirt. Don't take all of that. Don't take any money. Don't take a purse or a bag. Just go because I want you to rely on me, not necessarily relying on yourselves. I remember we went camping one year. And my dad was usually the guy that would do all of the camping organizing. He had checklists, and he would create all of these checklists. This is where I get my love for checklists. He would create all of these checklists that people would have, that, that we would have for gathering all of the things. And, and one year, he had been really busy at work, and so my mom said she would take care of it. We got to the campgrounds, and fortunately, we had the tent and the tent poles and the stakes and the hammer, but... We didn't have everything we needed, and I'll tell ya, you: you want to not win friends and influence people at a campground? You go and say, "Hey, can you do? You have any pots and pans we can borrow? Because we left our pots and pans at home. Hey, do you have any uh, any insect repellent that we can borrow? Uh, we had to go to the store in town, like 30 miles away, so that we could actually buy some of the stuff that we needed. Uh, my, I remember my my dad being so frustrated, my mom being so embarrassed. Uh, and I thought it was awesome because I wasn't the one getting into trouble. My, my dad was, was frustrated with my mom. Uh, but the truth is, it was because she was unprepared. And normally, in almost every way, we want to be prepared. But Jesus is saying, I, I don't want you to prepare in the way that you think you need to be prepared. I, I want you to be vulnerable to be vulnerable to God's movement and activity, and to be vulnerable to the people you're going to stay with. I, I, I want you to understand that I will provide for you. I will care for you, and I will send you into a town, and there will be people that will care for you and provide for you. It says this, as Jesus continues, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages do not move around from house to house don't go looking for a better place when you get to a town uh, the first place that's offered to you go and stay there I, I don't care if they have the best beds or if they have the best foods don't don't look to upgrade Go and let them care for you because it is a blessing that they are offering to you. You are being blessed because of the message that you are bringing and that they care enough to allow you a place. Don't go looking for a better place. When you get there, stay in that house and and let them bless you and bless them and turn. Let your peace go out and let it rest on them if they are people of peace It is so beautiful, um, this idea of, of just trusting in God and trusting in people. Jesus continues, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But When you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you, yet be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near. I don't know if you caught that. The message is the same. The message is the same for both. The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven is near. Now, here's the difference. The major difference is if they are welcoming it, if they welcome you in and hear the message, then you can heal the sick and and tell them about the kingdom, that they can be blessed by the kingdom. But if they turn you away, if they're not willing to hear the message, then the kingdom uh, is proclaimed just the same, but they have missed the blessing because the kingdom is, has come near regardless of their response to it. The kingdom has come near to them regardless of how they receive it. And I wonder in my life, I imagine how many times I missed the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. When I was, before I was Christian, for sure. But even now, when I I missed the proximity, the closeness of the kingdom of heaven, when I missed the blessings that I was being offered in the kingdom of heaven, when I missed the opportunity to bless others because I was a part of the kingdom of heaven. I wonder if we are too comfortable sometimes to be active participants in the kingdom of heaven, blessing others and, and offering God's grace and hope and peace. I wonder if we are too comfortable to notice that the kingdom of heaven is drawn near, that we are part of what God is doing, and that we can bless others because we know the the, the source of all life. We know the hope that comes from Jesus Christ. or Or maybe we just Make excuses. We make excuses about why we shouldn't be a part of that. We we just can't do it. We can't trust that deeply. We can't let go of all of the things that we have accumulated. We can't rely fully on God. I, I, I think it's interesting to me that Jesus about to die is still on focus for the mission. He is is serious about the mission, not serious about his his doom. The truth is this, imperiled, Jesus remained focused on the kingdom, while comfortable Christians often focus on excuses. I'm one of those Christians. You know that, that God offers so much more to us so much more than just a little bit of, of God with our already good life, but a brand new life in Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us to that. Jesus calls us into that relationship. And, and, and so far too frequently, we, we, we make excuses on why we shouldn't have to do it. We're too comfortable to move and to trust and to bless others and be blessed ourselves. God sent them, the 72, into the world to be a blessing to others and to prepare the way for the kingdom of God. And God sends us His disciples now into the world to bless others and be a blessing to nations and peoples all over the world. And far too frequently, we step back. We step back and we miss the ability to bless others and we miss the blessing that we would receive ourselves. Friends, the 72 came back to Jesus and they were like, Lord, We were healing the sick and and the demons fled from us and the people were ready to hear your good news. They were blessed because they were carrying the message. Blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. They were blessed by God because they were willing to go and do what God was calling them to. Jesus sent them out and they followed where Jesus had led. They shared that good news, and they saw miracles and signs and wonders of the kingdom's nearness. And we sit back and we say, I don't know if I I have enough time. I don't know if I have enough energy. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I trust God enough. Let's get honest. There are so, so many excuses that we can pile in the way of doing what God is calling us to. And so we can ask ourselves, how could we even be a part of that? What, what could I even bring to it? And I want you to know, if you're questioning what you, what good you are to the kingdom of God, you are pivotal in the kingdom of God. If, if Jesus can send 72 folks out with no, no extra sandals and no shoes and, and no uh, a purse or money uh, to go and make a difference, and the people received and embraced it, think of what he can do with us. Think of what he can do with you and with me. And, and know that God has a purpose and a mission for you not not for uh, the church in general, but for you individually—that that only you can reach out to a, a friend group or a group of folks that only you have access to that you can share the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, you can share God's kingdom everywhere you go. Um, these are the ways that we accomplish being God's people, that we, we live into this kingdom mindset, that we throw everything we are, we're all in for the building of God's kingdom, and then we stay on mission no matter what, no matter what what our, our, our comfort level is. No matter who we are or who we are called to go and speak with, we stay on mission even if it costs us everything. This is what we've been called to. This is the hope we have in Jesus, that we can live fully into God's kingdom plan, that we can share messages of hope and the nearness of the kingdom with others, that we can be a blessing to them and, and that we can be blessed by them, that we can share love and grace with others so that we can be vulnerable. We can be vulnerable to people and we can be vulnerable to God. We have the gift of Jesus Christ His life, death, and resurrection pours life into us. We are no longer the old creation, but the new has come, and we are made new in Jesus Christ. Imagine what it would be like if we took that to heart. Imagine if we really lived into being kingdom people, kingdom-minded, kingdom-focused, and kingdom-empowered, that we went into the world sharing God's good news, not by bashing people over the head with what they have done wrong in life, but by living and sharing a message of hope. That Christ has done amazing things in our lives, and we just want to share that with you. We just want you to know that God loves you and that God is here for you. And you don't have to do life on your own. God sent me to you. You want to talk about a creepy conversation, tell somebody, God has sent me here to you to share with you this message of good news, this message of hope, because that's what Jesus calls us to Jesus calls us to be the bearers of his good news. Last week, we talked about being a light, a a, a lamp that is not hidden, a city on a hill that is made visible to all that we share the love and life that we have received and we share that with others. This is the hope we have in Jesus Christ and the mission and the ministry that we have been called to as faithful followers of Christ. And so I encourage you, to join with me, to open our God-given imagination and just imagine the community. Start with our family. Imagine what our family would look like if, if we took this seriously. If we said, God, use me, send me, prepare me, maybe not even prepare me, but send me into your world and give me your words of hope and life. What would it look like in our community? If when you run into somebody at the grocery store, you share a kind word, a message of hope, a gift from God. What would it look like in our nation? How would our world be different? Imagine the kingdom of God is here. We're not waiting for a future time when the kingdom is here. The kingdom of God is here, right here, right now, and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to go into that world and share the message of love and hope that we have. And my prayer, our prayer, is that you would join with us that together we would raise high the banner of Jesus Christ, proclaiming his goodness, his grace, his mercy, and his hope to all that we encounter. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks. We thank you for the gift we have in Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in resurrection. We give you thanks not just for ourselves, but for the mission and the ministry that you have called us to. That you invite us to be partners in the building of your kingdom. That you invite us to share the good news, the gospel message of hope, of life instead of death, of freedom from sin and brokenness. God, empower us by the presence of your Holy Spirit, to go and be your people. And and if there's somebody that is out there today that is on the fence about this, or or maybe this is the first time they've heard this message of hope, God, I just pray that you you would help them across that line of faith that they would receive your goodness, your gift of new life, your gift of a a real and true life being made out of the brokenness of their life, that they could receive the promise and the hope of the Holy Spirit. And they would uh, know that you are right there with them. God, if, if, if they're there, encourage them to pray with me. God, I know that I am not what I should be. And all of us need to say this. I know what I'm not, that I'm not what I should be. But God, empower me by your Holy Spirit to be made new, to be called and and to be faithful to your mission and to the ministry that you have in mind for me. Let me be your hands and your feet so that together, together we can build your kingdom. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.